Once upon a time. Welcome to a new episode of Discover Oral Teaching. In this episode, we will look at some more practical examples about the mindset of a print and an oral learner and how they differ. To show the differences more clearly, the oral person is now someone who really had none or very little school education. So is an illiterate or a functional illiterate. The first example is not so easy for a podcast because the people had to look at a picture and had to say what they see. Now you don't see it and I can't tell you what it is because that's what the answer is all about. But I hope that you will understand soon enough. I see a circle, a square and a triangle. So now you know what the print learner saw and I guess you got an idea. Here is what the oral learner sees. I see a ball, a box and a mountain. The same picture but completely different answers. Because an oral learner thinks in context. Do you remember? They place every information in a real situation. Therefore, they see a ball, a box and a mountain. The print learner thinks in concepts and categories. What she saw were shapes. But shape is an abstract category which she had learned one day. With the next example, both see again a picture with four objects on it. And they have to decide which of the four objects does not belong. They see a picture of a wood a hammer, an axe, and a saw. So what do you think? What does not belong? That's easy. The wood does not belong. Clearly the hammer does not belong. There are no nails. Again, the print learner was thinking in categories. A hammer, an axe, a saw are all tools, so the wood does not belong. The oral learner thinks practical in context, and since there are no nails, the hammer is of no use and therefore does not belong. Another example in the same line, there is a knife, a plate, a cup and an orange. What does not belong? Again easy, the orange does not fit. Well, the cup is useless, therefore it does not belong. I guess you get it, against categories, against practical situation. We move on. Probably most of us learned logical thinking in school, or what they call logical. I remember how I was taught that when A equals B and B equals C, C must equal A, of course. Well, here is a small dialogue between a print and an oral learner about this. In the far north, where there is snow, all bears are white. Novaya Zembla is in the north and there is snow there. What color are the bears? I don't know. I've seen a black bear. I've never seen any others. Good, but please try to answer the question. Well, to go by your words, they should all be white. Now you might smile and think that is not too important if one has only seen a black bear and doesn't know what a white bear is. But It goes into all aspects of life, this way of thinking. In Mongolia, we had a driver who was very reliable and we often hired him. And he knew us well and he also knew a lot of our friends. 
and one day we asked him if he had ever thought of following Jesus. And he said yes, he had thought about it and decided against it because he did not want to leave his wife. Well, we were a little surprised and said that he does not have to leave his wife in order to follow Jesus. But he said, I have only seen Christians who are single. Again, we went against it and said, no, you have met our leaders when they came to visit from the capital. They have family. You saw the pictures, their wives and children. And he said, yes, I saw the picture, but I did not see them in person. You can show me many pictures, as much as you want. But since I have never seen a Christian family, I will not become one myself. So you see that it is all about mindset. And there is also some truth in the very practical oral thinking. To go on, in the first episode, I said that oral people can't see words. A word in itself does not have any meaning for them. So definitions are useless and of no interest for them. They don't care about one single word. They only care about situations and contexts. Try to explain to me what a tree is. Why should I? Everyone knows what a tree is. Okay then, how would you define a tree in two words? Apple tree, elm tree, poplar tree. A different example again about definitions. What would you tell people a car is? Buses have four legs, chairs in front for people to sit on, a roof for shade and an engine. But when you get right down to it, I'd say, if you get in a car and go for a ride, you'll find out. I think there's a lot of value and truth in this answer. As long as we have not experienced something, we don't really know how the food tastes or how it is to sit in a plane or be kissed or feel snow. Another thing which is considered important in the educated world and which leads to many misunderstandings between print and oral learners is reflection and analyzing. Many print learners have been trained to do it constantly. We are asked in every evaluation and debriefing to reflect, optimize, draw conclusions and interpret experiences, articles and texts we read. And we often do this with biblical texts as well. We often treat the Bible as a study book and not as a novel. So many of our Bible study questions are demanding the skill of reflecting and analyzing, which does only lead to silence if we have oral learners in the group. So here a dialogue which shows how the print and oral learner really don't even understand what the other person is saying. What sort of person are you? What's your character like? What are your good qualities and shortcomings? I came here from the countryside. I was very poor and now I'm married and have children. Yes, but are you satisfied with yourself or would you like to be different? It would be good if I had a little more land and could sow some more wheat. And what are your shortcomings? This year I sowed one acre of wheat and we're gradually fixing the shortcomings. Well, people are different, calm, hot-tempered, or sometimes their memory is poor. What do you think of yourself? We behave well. If we were bad people, no one would respect us. 
What can I say about my own heart? How can I talk about my character? Ask others. They can tell you about me. I myself can't say anything. One last example about the leader of an educational institution of a town. What do you think about your new village school headmaster? Let's watch how he dances. I hope these examples help you to understand the mindset of an oral learner better and to appreciate the wisdom in their way of thinking as well. Considering the fact that 70 to 80% of the world populations are oral learners, I want to challenge you with the following questions. First, considering that oral communicators learn from real-life and people-oriented events, that oral communicators embed exposition and exhortation within narratives, so stories, that oral communicators highly value drama and dialogue, and that oral cultures require their own narrative styles. Now the question, how much of your theological teaching is done by real life, by stories, by drama or by dialogue? The second question, oral learners love stories, proverbs, songs, rituals, symbols, dances and drama. Question, which of these communication formats does your local church use? And how familiar are you with these art forms from your culture or maybe also host culture? And how could you encourage and develop these oral communication formats to be used more in your church? Third, how much eye contact do you have while you preach or give a Bible study? It is really important that we have eye contact with people, depending, of course, of some cultures, because when we don't look at them, their attention will wander away. And very often, we have written everything we want to say down and just read it. But people will think, huh, if that person really knew it, that person doesn't need to read it, but it would be able to tell me what they think and believe. So reading from a paper actually makes our message weak. And by looking at the people and really telling them what we know and what we feel and have contact with them, our sermon and our message will come across much stronger. And a final question, what picture of a leader does your church model? Does the leader always have the Bible in its hand, reads from it, quote books, refer to the original Hebrew and Greek definitions? If so, I assume that no oral learner will ever consider himself as a possible leader and will not strive for a leader position, even though God might gifted him or her with the gift of leadership. Is print learning required to become a spiritual leader? Well, much to think about, so time to stop. With the next episode, we start looking at stories as they are the main communicating tool for oral learners. And we begin with the power of stories to change worldviews. Thank you.